cover the happenings of it all. What's up, everybody? Professional Wrestling. We said the wrestling world was going to change. CM Punk is all elite, and honestly, it couldn't have gone better. I think it's possible that Goldberg beats Lashley and that Big E beats Goldberg. Because I don't see Big E beating Roman. I thought ROH was a pile of crap. I think corporate ROH is gross. First of all, the Nick Gage entrance is one of the most insane things I've ever seen in my life. The Edge deal is up next year. Do you think he gets here AEW if he's still healthy? I think that he's a WWE lifer, honestly. Don't forget that the only reason WWE cleared him to begin with was because AEW was going to, and they were trying to sign it. Mixed martial arts. And I think everything leads towards Sandhagen, but I I don't know. I think TJ could surprise some people. choosing Sanhagen, um, especially with his last two performances. Aljamain Sterling and Piotr Jan running that back, and the winner of this should definitely get the next title shot. I thought uh, Connor looked fantastic with the kicks. When he got rocked with punches, he went for the guillotine. That was the stupidest move. You hear Dustin after the fight admitted, though, that there was like a second there where he was like, oh god, he might have me. Do you think Peña has a chance against Man Nunez? The card isn't very good, in my opinion. Even the undercard, I don't think is that great. Wayne, Gon, and Lewis could potentially be really boring also. That's possible. Definitely. Boxing. Jake Paul by knockout, probably pretty early. It's pretty telling when uh, Jake Paul was like, let's put up our purses against one another and Woodley wouldn't do it. I think Tyron Woodley's going to win this fight. He's going to throw combinations at Jake that Jake hasn't seen yet. First off, I'm going to say congratulations to Tyron Woodley for making $2 million. I would like to see Vitor and Jake because I think Vitor would beat Jake's ass. Left by a while so funny that this is the box people talk about most instead of the best boxers fighting. This is what boxing has become. The promoters have not allowed the best fighters to fight the best. They protect their own interests, they protect their fighters, and they never let the best fight the best. And there's multiple champions in the same weight class, and they still won't fight each other to unify the belts. And this is what has allowed YouTubers to come in and take over the sport. And much, much more. I have them this weekend. I'm just going to let the board fall to me. Dalvin Cook, Zeke, CMC. Hopefully I can get one of those running backs. I did my draft tonight, as y'all can see with my Viking jersey on. You have like your really, really top tier wide receivers, but then there's a pretty big drop off. They didn't speak English. So like the UFC like wasn't getting them title fights as fast as people who did speak. So it absolutely was happening for, for a time in the sport. The reason why I brought that up though is because of the Stephen A thing, because I think it's a moronic, a moronic viewpoint to take. Yeah, I mean, we just saw Andre Arlovsky show up on AEW Dynamite. Like, I, Not only that, we've seen Junior Dos Santos, Andre Arlovsky. We've seen Cejudo on Dynamite. We've seen Vitor Belfort on Dynamite. We've seen Jorge Masvidal yeah. and Amanda Nunez. Like, it just like the fact that Tony Khan actually just did that. Fightful, <laughs> fightful, Steven Jensen. Yeah, that's the stuff I got going on. Uh, fightful Select Weekend Podcast. Support Fightful and Fightful Select. Doug from RVD Tito for Life. Are we having fun yet? Because this thing has just got taken to a completely different level. Straight, straight from YouTube.com. Live rounds. The marksmen have arrived. Have arrived. Watching live rounds with Doug and Steven and being introduced to you by the real IWGP World Heavyweight Champion, Will Ospreay.
What's up, everybody? Welcome to Live Rounds, episode 71. And I'm bringing a little bit more energy because the first time that we've been able to like live react from a show after it's over. And I'm so grateful, too, because this Dynamite was awesome. This was this is the step in the right direction that I've wanted them to get back to. This was so much better than their previous shows that they've been doing. Like I tweeted at Tony, I said, this is the best Dynamite that I've seen since All Out, since all the craziness happened. And uh, man, it, I'm just, I'm relieved that we're getting somewhere. And it, and, it, and it didn't feel that scrambled either. It didn't just feel like, oh, let's randomly do this and randomly do that for whatever reason. Like everything kind of had a purpose. Everything was building to something. And uh I'm just very happy. Bravo, AEW, on this one tonight. Yeah, nice. Now, full disclosure, everybody, I did miss a good chunk of the show towards the beginning. Um, reason being, well, I mean, I, I my job was fightful. I we, shame I do, on you, sir. I do, I do, I do interviews. Um, and I have to, I usually record interviews uh, for the spotlight that airs on Thursday mornings on uh, the main YouTube channel for Fightful. Um, I normally record my interviews on Tuesdays at eight o'clock, so they're pre-recorded and ready by Thursday. And I, when I scheduled the interview, I didn't realize, you know, that there was going to be a random dynamite on a Tuesday. So um, also because Fightful, obviously, everyone working there, like there's people who have to cover, like Jeremy, for instance, had to cover AEW. People have to cover NXT. There's like a lot going on. Very busy night. Anyways. Um, that's the reason I missed part of the show. That said, though, I did catch up on most of it for the most part through clips and reading through it. And then I'm good to go from Jericho and Dalton through like for everything that I saw um, as it was happening. Um, also, really quickly, as far as, yes, the the um, the vibes are very good, obviously, coming off of the show for AEW. That's a very good thing. But not only that. We have recently found out Moxley is extended for his contract and Jericho has extended for his contract. So for all the negativity we're seeing about like backstage or these fights or like the, the unsure future of, of the stars in that company and all this stuff, they're locking down massive names long-term right now. So like, I think this was like, today was a really big win for AW in general, like locking down Jericho and having a show like this was, I mean, great night, great day for AW. Also, what you missed was Tony Khan or uh, Tony Schiavone did mention the elite in the first match. He talked about how the elite had to evacuate the, uh, vacate the titles and um, the death triangle ended up getting them. And dude, like Twitter, just like I, I, I checked to see, like, I just checked the elite. There were over 3,000 tweets on the elite within like the last hour when some, when he just mentioned that. Like, you can't tell me there's not a, a hunger for these guys to come back. And then on top of that, if you notice, when they were doing the ROH history, they showed Cody and they showed CM Punk in the ROH history. So it's not like they tried to avoid either one of them. So I thought that was somewhat of a positive sign as well. And then somebody said during the Rampage um, commercial, they did show the Bucks. So hopefully we are getting close to a resolution and then we can be firing at all cylinders at that point. Like we, we will be in really good shape. So, um, one thing I do want to say is the way that it 
went. It felt like it was storyline that Hangman was supposed to get injured, but if he is actually injured, then all the best to Hangman. Absolutely love Hangman Adam Page. Been a longtime fan. I hope everything's well. The last thing we need is another injury, and the last thing we need is someone to be unhealthy and, and actually, you know, hurt his career or anything like that. I hate to see anything like that happen to him. He's a he's an absolute warrior. He's been through uh, crazy matches, puts his body on the line a lot. Tonight was no different. And uh, if he is really hurt, I hope he's I hope he's okay. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, yeah, I, I completely agree. And I'm with you on both on both your points there. Like storyline wise, it like would have made sense, but like I also I th- I think he's hurt. Like I legitimately do. Um but you the know only, the, you know what this kind of reminds me of though? It kind of reminds me, remember when Kyle O'Reilly went down in NXT and everybody was like freaking out and they're like, Oh my god, no, yeah. not Kyle and all that. And then we found out it was a complete work. So that's the only thing that I'm, I'm not saying it's not. I hate being sure. that wrestling fan where you think everything is a work. All I can say, though, is this was set up for MJF to come out and challenge Moxley and to have at least a good five minutes. So whether this was the plan and the match was getting coming close to an end and it ended up getting cut short, I don't know. I also feel like Paul Turner didn't really give Hangman a lot of time to respond. Like he, he looked at him, he goes, oh, he's out and called it immediately. Like there wasn't, you know, so I don't know if, if that was the plan all along and they worked us, they said that Hangman did give the thumbs up on the stretcher. So hopefully that's a good sign. Um, so we'll just see what all, happens. And for all we know, like Hangman could have told the ref, like I'm done. You know what I mean? Like I got to get yeah. it. You know what I mean? Like I'm hurt. Like it's over, right. you know, He's like, so him. yeah, we like, we don't, we don't know. I mean, I mean here, obviously I hope it's a work. I hope he isn't hurt. Um, um, storyline wise, all this made sense. And I think they were leaving time regardless for MJF to come out and everything. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, if Hangman is injured, I, I hope him nothing but the best speedy recovery. Um, I think he's, uh, so PW Torch is saying that Hangman is hurt. Um, I mean, and that's, I mean, all the other stuff aside, as far as like his career and like accolades and everything, he's, he's just, He's just, he's one of those guys that's like, hasn't even really hit the prime of his career, in my opinion. Like, yeah. he's still years out from even achieving his, his the prime. Um, like, that's how good he is. Yeah. Um, so I just hope that he just, you know, he just gets, you know, better. Cause it's like, see, like, Kree says, hopefully it's just a concussion. And I know, I know what you mean by that, but a concussion could end your career. I mean, like, we don't, you know, anything like, Adam really? Cole has had a concussion and he's been out for like a good three, four months. I don't even know how long it's been at this point. Yeah. So it's way yeah. different. It's way different nowadays. Literally when we were growing up, dude, like you got a concussion and like you, people would literally like joked about it and you like just continue to do whatever you were doing. Like it's so crazy. You, they just give you the smelling salt and put you back out there. Like, you got your bell rung kid. Keep going. Yep. But yeah. Man, man. Now, now they know. Now yeah, know. and obviously, I think it's much better that we're, ta- we're taking it seriously now. Obviously, but it's yeah, I I, I don't want to speculate really too much or like, but I'll, I'll obviously I hope I hope Hangman isn't hurt, and and if he is, I hope it isn't anything too bad. Um, I, 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 I'm a big thing fan. Too, of 
that kind of was like it for me too was like Moxley was like kind of cut a promo about how this is a dangerous sport and stuff happens. And yeah, I, yeah. You know, if you want to step in here with me, this could happen to you. And it's just like, man, this seems planned. That that's that's all. I'm not saying it is. And you know, like I'm seeing like Big E and people like hoping he's okay and all that stuff. So it's not like uh, I don't see other wrestlers getting worked in my opinion like they would have an idea of what's real and what's not so if it's real you know god i hate i hate for him to be injured or anything like that so wishing nothing but the best to hangman on that yes yeah absolutely <clears throat> so um man the show just started out with the trios match um it was a good match, a good opener. The crowd was hot. That, and, and that's another thing, too, is a lot of these shows have kind of felt like the crowd hasn't been into it as much. It feels a little flatter. Uh, this felt like a big, big show, big environment. So I was really uh, happy with that. Um, and it was a good opener, like I said. And, and it's crazy, too, because Pentagon's in this match, and I saw the highlights and stuff from his AAA match, and it's like, man, dude, you've, you've got to feel like – beat to hell and you're in this match too um and nobody had any idea about that match right like dynamite like AEW fans right so it's just um, crazy he he won the mask of viano four like which is like actually a pretty huge thing right you know? big deal like, yeah and he, and he, he looked he looked like kano from mortal Kombat, holding the heart you know he's like covering was, blood and he's holding the mask true that was a that was a badass scene I, I i watched that that was uh yeah but no you know i you're you're right though like that's that's this whole other world happening simultaneously that like a lot of people just don't even know is happening so yeah and so another thing too is um did shivani mention the elite because they could be coming back for a rematch soon I'm not saying, I'm just saying, like, you haven't even want to mention their name, and then all of a sudden you're kind of setting it up that the Elite never lost their titles. They just had to vacate. Their, they were stripped of them, right? So maybe that's what we're in store for at Full Gear is well, so, a... Go ahead. So so what when, when they brought up the Elite and they said they had to vacate their titles, like, did they give any explanation as to why they had to vacate their titles? Or they, said they, had to, they just said they had to vacate them? Uh, so it says, best friends in Death Triangle fought for vacated trios titles that were originally won by the Elite. That's what he said. Okay. So it's like, I why even bring that up? Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, you've acted like this whole time that they don't exist, and now all of a sudden you're actually bringing up their name and talking about that, you know? Yeah. No, I, I'm with you. I think that makes sense. Um, I hope they're back soon. Oh, I mean, <laughs> for sure. Um, I'm not under the the realm of any reality where I think that AEW is better off without the Elite. Like, there's some people that feel that way. I think that they're mostly diehard former WWE fans that have kind of given AEW a chance and they like certain guys, but they don't really get the whole elite thing. But like, if you've been down since day one and all that, like it just doesn't feel the same without those guys. And then we don't have Adam page either. Like that's, that's brutal. Right. Um, <laughs> and so we'll, we'll, we'll get into more of that, but uh, I'm trying to think of 
all that happened leading up to the MJF promo. Did you see the Darby Allen Jay Lethal stuff? Um, he um he attacked him. So like they they greeted me in like the parking garage area or whatever, and then uh, they they got heated or whatever, and Jay Lethal drilled him. I think he legit punched him in the face. Like oh, he really? Legit, and then. They got into it, and then he pulled the parking garage down on his chest and, like, started beating up on him, and then he went away. So um, they're definitely setting up Jay Lethal and Darby in a rematch. Probably now street fight-ish, falls count anywhere. Who knows? Any rules? I don't know. Something like that I could see happening. That would be good. I hope Darby needs to win. Like, he needs a big win, in my opinion, right now. Yeah, and, and my thing is, like, do you do this? Uh, I don't know if you know this as well, but they're doing ROH Final Battle in Dallas, by the way, so I'll probably likely go to that. Nice. Um, but did you notice that, uh, like, would you do that match in ROH just to get, like, more buzz and pay-per-view and all that, or do you, would you take that to full gear? Um, I think it would work on either, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be good in either. But but I think that's an, that's something I hadn't considered though. Um, I think that would draw more people to a Ring of Honor show if they knew that that was happening on it. Yeah, I agree. Um, so so that went down, but dude, dude, they also <laughs> had the the women's match. that's really setting up towards. Um, oh, Rio came in for a save. Right, so Rio came back. But now it's Riho and Jamie Hayter next week on Dynamite. And Britt and what is her name? Soraya. I, I don't want to butcher the it. The former it's, Paige. Yes. it's They're definitely teasing at that, too. I, do you think that Britt and her are going to have just a singles match at full gear? Or do you think they're going to go tag match? Uh, that's a good question. Because, like, you know, full gear, the, the only reservation I have about the idea of them doing it at all is like it feels like they're doing like that's one of the, that might be the biggest thing they can do with with Soraya like when you really think about it oh, right yeah. now so it's like I to do that it. right away but also it's like it's probably a good idea to do it while you can because like you don't you know maybe she can I become ice cold let's just say yeah. that like, yeah you, this you is, never know her peak yeah. time right now is right now in my right opinion. so I think you know I I, th- I think you should do it a full year yeah singles match so there's that and um and another thing that's kind of struck me is like where the hell's thunder rosa too like i know that she's supposed to be injured or whatever but like they just have gone on with tony storm like she's the champ which is fine i mean you probably should but i don't know there was just so, there's so many weird things that happened all at once and she's another factor of like nobody talks about her nobody mentions her she's just kind of gone and it's just it's just weird there's a lot of weird stuff that i'm hoping can all come to a conclusion and we can get this stuff done because at full gear you could probably do thunder and tony for the real title and then brit and formerly known as Paige. uh <laughs> For another match, those are two really big women's matches on the pay-per-view if you pulled those off. So that's what I think you probably should be doing. Um, But man, man, oh man. When you think 
that MJF cannot get better. This guy just keeps knocking it out the freaking park. Like, baffled, astonished, blown away when this guy gets on the mic. It is at a different level than anybody I've seen since The Rock. And I'm dead serious on that. Like, that's not me overreacting or anything like that. That guy completely owns the microphone. And I, I, I honestly think him going away was the best thing that ever happened for his career because it made people miss him. It made people that didn't appreciate him as much just be like, wow. He is a huge part of this show, and we really need him. And uh, by the way, guys, we got 30 people in here. Smash that like like button real quick. If you liked Dynamite tonight, please smash that like button. If you think that MJF should be champion, smash that like button. Definitely need to get the likes up so we can get more people in here to talk about Dynamite. There's a lot of competition tonight because everybody does post Dynamite reviews. Yeah. So. Um, but, man, like – I knew where this promo was going because Regal was part of talent developmental in WWE and he broke down about how he got the call and how he, his like dreams were going to come true and he tried out and all this stuff. And then Regal pulled him aside and found out his age and basically said, it can't happen kid. And like MJF goes just nuts and pours his heart out and tells him that when Regal like basically cut him off because he said what i want you to do is do a promo and a match and send me one every month until you get to that point and then he said we got to like month three and then you basically just told me that like i had i'm a good actor but i'm not like a great pro wrestler <clears throat> and then i got to get myself over somewhere else and then he'll kind of pay attention to me more and he's like, after that, like it broke his heart and he wanted to kill himself, like literally kill himself and like got in his face and poured out all the emotion. Like it was amazing. And Regal then kind of basically said that all Max has done his whole career is take cheap way out. Never really just face head to head and earned it. And so he's like, I'm going to give you another opportunity. He turns his back to Max to have Max level him, and Max can't do it. And Max is torn about what to do. And I really like this to the fact that, like, I don't know if it's babyface or not, but, like, he is flirting with – he doesn't know where he fits anymore. He, he, he's, like, torn about things. Like, you remember when Yuta got attacked after his match and he got on to Stokely Hathaway about it. And now it's like with the Regal thing. So that's what played in tonight. And they were definitely hinting that that was going to happen. So that's why I said the whole thing with the, the Adam Page, how it ended was odd. But um, just makes me feel like that match was going to end just a little bit after he got hurt. And then that's what they were going to go with. But, man, I mean, this this promo was right up there with the CM Punk stuff, the Jew Boy promo, like all those promos where he just really like pours out his heart and is so dedicated. And not only that, what's crazy 
his mid promo damn he damn near had the audience give him a standing ovation in cincinnati moxley's hometown <laughs> where he's been trashing moxley and he everyone knows he's gonna try to take the title from moxley and they love him like it's it's at a different level that this guy could walk into the ring you could hate his guts and by the time that he's done with the mic you're ready to go buy his t-shirt like that's not very many people can do that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. MJF is special, man. I've been saying that a long time. I'm very, very big fan of his. And he's definitely the next AEW world champion. Like, he's winning that title at full year. That's got to yes. happen. Um, and I like that he called his shot. Like, he's saying he's not taking the the easy rate. Sure the easy, yeah. Like, he's going to earn it this time. And he's, like, he could have easily cashed in tonight. That's what I thought he was going to do. Um, and... And now AEW has to prepare for MJF getting a massive pop, winning the world championship, and where they're going to go from there with it. If they're going to keep him, like, honestly, I would keep him as, like, as, like, tweener as you possibly can right now. Like, keep keep doing, like, have him keep telling the truth. And if people are going to pop for it and he can kind of play – with the people as well, even his Twitter recently has been different where he's actually like interacting with people recently, just like actually answering questions and not just telling people to go screw themselves every time they say anything to him. Well, did you see like, that he was talking about the Cincinnati chili isn't mid? Yeah. Like, I saw that today. Too. Normally he would trash Cincinnati chili and just, you know, even if he loved it. Right. So yeah, he's definitely it. So here's my thing. I mean, like go back to the rock, right? The Rock is a heel. He really didn't change a lot. Like, he still was the overconfident, I'm the people's champion. All that stuff at first was just, like, to annoy people. The millions and millions, and then people just started to catch on. And so now I feel like he can be MJF. He just can't go over the top, right? Like, he can't just, like, hit Tony Schiavone or something like that. But if he just is talks about how rich he is and all that other stuff better than you and you know it, like I don't think that's going to get heel heat anymore. Like I think people are going to cheer him and sing along with what he says and all that stuff. Yeah. So I just feel like as long as he doesn't do anything to massively get heel heat, you know, like kick Cody Rhodes in the balls and cost him a title shot to never be able to get a AEW championship ever again type of heel heat, like. I think, I think that uh, he'll be in pretty good shape, and that's probably the way that they should go. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's just a matter of like who he feuds with going forward. Is like, you know, because you don't have to change anything, like you said. Even Steve Austin, like even Steve Austin as the top babyface in wrestling when he was at the top, was the same guy he was as a heel just doing it against baby faces or sorry just doing it against heels um like which mjf can keep doing so it's just a matter of like and here's the thing i wouldn't even i think it would be fun to see a guy like mjf where you just totally let totally let the fans decide the only thing that you're potentially risking is kind of like cooling off some baby faces potentially like if you if you have him like let's say like MJF is is basically a baby face like he's getting cheered a lot and you put him in a feud against um against one of like the main heels in AEW right now 
um I don't know who a good example at the moment would be like who would be like really top tier. Um it doesn't really matter, but give me give me an example of Moxley. Uh, well Moxley's well Moxley's technically a baby face. I think well I think That's he's technically a heel, but he's kinda he's kinda in the same boat where he's in between. I think Moxley's definitely a baby face the way that they use him. Yeah, I agree. Who 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 is the top heel, would you say, like that's currently like wrestling actively right now that like isn't on the Jericho. show? Yeah, but he's doing the Ring of Honor thing. Yeah. I'm I'm trying to think of like who MJF could like could go into something with pretty much immediately after winning like on the heel side if if they want to continue like to get him more over as like getting cheered mm-hmm. and stuff like there's MJF and Wardlow like Nick says but I think they're going to wait longer on that again um, yeah, I don't I don't know honestly I don't think there's a lot I don't think they have a lot of heels that are I mean like that are that big of a role like you and Jay Lethal um, yeah, because like Adam you know, Cole would be great if he was there, but like, yes, we don't know. If I he's totally agree back. with that. I mean, yeah. give me if, if I could get MJF and Adam Cole, that would be fantastic. But that's not going to happen for. So knows. maybe you're kind of in a position where you have to pretty much keep him as a heel wrestling baby faces, but knowing he's going to get cheered, and that's like I said, that's going to be like. This is going to be a weird, like, I, I'll be entertained by that. I think it'll be good. But, like, I, I could see how it could kind of screw over the baby faces that, that wrestle him, if that's the case. You know what I mean? Like, if you're trying to build a guy to be, like, this baby face potential world champion, and then he's wrestling MJF for the world title. Dude, Moxley's going to have to turn heel if they actually want any heel heat in that match because they're going to cheer for MJF in that match. Like no doubt about it. So if if MJF even tries to be heel going into that thing, that will not work. Like he, and not only that, everybody wants him to be champion at this point. I feel like, I just feel like he's earned it. And, and I just think that it makes the most sense. Also, I give him credit, dude. That dude put on 20 pounds of, like, solid muscle. muscle. Like, he's gotten way bigger. He looks way more believable as a champion at this point. Like, I I just think that it's his time. And also, like I said, you give that guy the belt, it's just turning a new page. We don't have to worry about the whole interim, Moxley, CM Punk, back and forth, all that stuff. Like, it's just a completely new page of something different that I think a lot of people – could be fully behind. And here's the thing also. Down the line, look, y'all know how I feel about Phil. All right. But if he does <laughs> if he does eventually return to wrestle for AEW, I do not suspect that he will. I'm I would prefer if he didn't. Don't want to get into it. But I think that if he if he does eventually return, if they do figure things out and he comes back and he does wrestle for AEW again. And MJF is the champion. Like they can pretty much pick right up where things left off when CM Punk disappeared. So it, they're open for a lot of stuff um, with MJF. But I would, I if if they did do that though, I honestly I would like the roles to be reversed. I, would well, I think like they would one hundred percent. Yeah, I would like Punk to be the heel and MJF to be the face, and I think that could be a very interesting story. Oh, if, if CM Punk returns to AEW, there's no way he could be a babyface. I think there's too much of the fan base that just feels like I do. Maybe not as passionately as I do, but I feel like there's a lot of people that... I mean, if you had to choose between him and the Elite, like, it's going to be... Uh, 100%, most but of the I, fan base. Uh, uh, 
I feel like a lot of people got on that bandwagon once he showed up. And I feel like that a lot of people like him over Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks due to all what he's done in the WWE and all that stuff. And I'm not saying that that's the majority, but I definitely think he'll, he still has his own fans to this day. And I still think that he yeah, would yes. definitely be cheered and there's a loyalty to him. You know what I mean? Um, up here for dirty. Yeah. Yeah. I want punk to fight Bobby fish in a shoot. I want to see that also. Um, I would put, I, I, I would put, I've said this on the, on the weekend or I'll, I'll stick to this. So it's in the record multiple places. If this fight ever actually happens, I will actually put $1,000 on Bobby fish. Don't care what the odds are. So. <laughs> Did you see Michael Jackson get put to sleep? Yeah, that kind of proves my point even more. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And he was against some no-name guy I'd never heard of. Oh yeah, he got his ass. Oh, I mean, ass kicked. He he went to sleep. I I I put five bucks on him, uh, or sorry, ten bucks on him, um, because you know he won me money last time because I I bet on him to win money line like allegedly, um, and it was it was you know just if he just won in any way, shape, or form, I won, and the odds were like, like minus, uh. It was some crazy, like, I can't even remember what the odds were. The minus thousands, you know, it was like, or sorry, sorry, plus thousands, like plus like cheese. It might have been like plus like six, six thousand or something. It was some crazy number because he's so terrible. And he wound up right. in the first round, he wound up getting um, low blowed twice and I gouged and won by disqualification and I won the bet. So I'm always, so yeah. I always put something on Mike Jackson because his odds are so bad or so good. Well, right. depending on how you look at it. But, I know what you mean. But yeah, I mean, that's the whole, that's the whole point I'm always making y'all. It's like that guy is the second worst, just like Dirty just said, is the second worst UFC fighter ever. Like he is terrible and he held CM Punk down and tickled him. Yeah. So, but Hey, but if he comes back to AW. Even then, like we're talking, what nine months or something to like? I mean, with his injury, so yeah. But the way that this is going, I mean, we're only looking at what like five more months. I know like, that's by so the time, weird. Like, like so it'll weird. get it'll get to right around WrestleMania time, and he'll be ready to go. You know what I mean? If if that's what he wanted to do, and they figured it out or whatever, but I I have no idea. I if if if. It means keeping Punk to squash all this and to just move on and let him fulfill his contract, then whatever, bring him back. I don't care. I want this whole thing settled. I'm over this entire thing. If, if that's what it means that we get everybody back, then bring him back. But if, how the hell does that work out where it's like you can't like you can't put the title back on him, obviously. No. And like you would pretty but he much has want to him to jump. that at some point, right? Like you, you can't. Like I would definitely lay down the rules and be like, "Look, we bring you back. You're going to get paid what you were supposed to get paid. Everybody's fine. We'll put you in fun, meaningful feuds. You know, you can wrestle Samoa Joe. You can wrestle Chris Jericho. You can wrestle guys like that. You just don't need to be anywhere near the title. We tried it, didn't work. You got injured right off the bat. We've had to." make interim champion twice due to injury it just doesn't make sense for us you know also there was the whole you know meltdown in the interview and like we can't really have champions conducting themselves like that because you know you act like a complete child and you're calling other people children little bitch yes Mm -hmm. definitely see him caring but yeah 
I'm, I'm willing to do whatever to get this thing rolling again. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's the way I feel. You know, I just, I want everything back to where it was somewhat. And I think everything's in the step in the right direction, but I don't think we're there without some key pieces like the elite. So. Yeah. I, I think that's a good idea though. Like as far as, cause I was thinking like have him losing to like, more up and coming guys if he comes back, but it's going to be, that's going to be a hard sell for him to return to like lose to like, you know, I wouldn't, I, I'm not, kids that don't respect him. Right. Exactly. I'm not, I'm not delusional to the point of thinking like, yeah, have him come and job out to like, you know, some guy in AEW dark, no one's ever heard of. Like, I'm not saying that, but I'm, but I think what your idea is, is actually a really good idea. Like just have him well, wrestle other guys that I are mean, imagine. Imagine CM Punk fighting for the honor of, of Ring of Honor against Chris Jericho. Like, that's a fun, meaningful feud that could really do good business and everybody would be behind and people would pick their sides and, you know what I mean? And then um, CM Punk, Brian Danielson, like, that, that that's a huge money match. And it doesn't have to be for the title. CM Punk... Uh, versus claudio if you wanted to i mean you know there's just a lot of different directions that they can can go with this thing so you know i i think that you could bring him in and just not make him champion still have him part of the show and just hope for the best i guess i don't know the only reason i'm saying this though is because i just want this lawsuit to stop so we can just get this whole thing back together if that's what it means if that means what it means that we got to settle and do all that then that's what we got to do but yeah, it is what it is. Um, so Chris Jericho wrestled Dalton Castle. Um, cool. You know, I don't like Dalton Castle at all. I do get the story of it, though, so I'm okay with it. Our, Dalton Castle was definitely a former Ring of Honor champion. Oh, um, he beat Cody for that. That was so weak. Um, they mentioned it on a commentary, he, too. Dude, he's, he's the reason why ROH went out of business, I'm just saying. But anyways... He's one of the main guys that back then that made no sense. He never represented Ring of Honor in any short certain way. Like it, don't get me started on that guy. But anyways, had his match with Jericho. Fun, entertaining match. Whatever. Um, and then Jericho uh, was going to take out Ian at commentate at the commentator, and then Jerry Lynn got in in Jericho's face to try to stop him, and then. Jericho decided to pile drive Jerry Lynn on the ROH title, which I thought was fun. And uh, who knows what's next? I mean, me personally, what I really want to see is call Court Bauer and get Davey Richards for a dynamite. Jericho versus Davey Richards, former ROH world champion. I would love that match. I think it would be awesome. I think both guys can still go and, uh, that would that would just be a really fun dynamite match. Oh yeah, I completely agree. That would be awesome. Dude, I'm not gonna lie, like if Jerry Lynn's got one more good one in him, Jerry Lynn, Chris Jericho, Arch World title. I don't think he does, Steven. I'm just gonna be dude, honest with you. I don't know, I think man. It's a wrap. We, I think but, it's a wrap. But like, dude, we thought of that about like Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, and like he had like a couple good ones in him still, like Jericho, you know, same guy. I don't know, I, man. Maybe. There's a lot of people that are that are hoping for one last match, Nigel. And if Nigel could wrestle, 
I mean, incredible, right? Like if he actually can still, like he agrees to do it and he actually faces Jericho. Wow. Like amazing. I would love that probably more than anything. Um, but that's a big ask. I mean, the guy hasn't been in the ring in over a decade and I have no idea physically where he's at. I mean, he seemed like he was slender and good shape or whatever for NXT, but he was released from them. So he is free. So whether he actually wrestles or anything, I think he should be involved in this some way, whether that's to confront Jericho and just a promo and talk about what ring of honor means or whatever. I think the fans would really enjoy Nigel to be involved in this. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, I mean, I'm, that's something that, you know, around the, remember when they released that WWE, uh, like, network documentary yes. or whatever on him? Yes. Around that time, I was like, I wonder if they're, if he has, like, the itch to, like, really come back. Because, like, they had him, like, walking around in a ring and stuff during that, if I remember correctly and stuff. Like, kind of yeah. just filming little things here and there. And it's like, having him talk about all this. Because the, um... The medical issues, I think, are like that's. I don't want to speak out of turn. I'm absolutely not a doctor. I'm absolutely not somebody who can give any kind of medical advice at all. But yeah, I think his medical issues are like cleared up now, right? Like he could do it if he just like wanted to. Like if he's yeah, I think it's it. more so about just like getting your body in that shape to be able to take that beating when you haven't done it in so long. I think that's more the concern. Um, and, and and not only that, you're not just doing this in front of 50 people. You know what I mean? Like it would be a big audience on a, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know if he wants to go that route, but it does make it interesting. The fact that he did just recently get released. So he would be available if they really wanted to do that. And, you know, Tony Khan is a huge mark and there's no way he hasn't thought about it. Like there's just no way. Yeah. Yeah, I think um Yeah, I think that'd be that'd be pretty incredible. There's so many good options that they have with all these formal ring of Austin Aries, low key, <laughs> homicide. Like you could you could drag this thing out for a really long time if you want to. And personally, I think it's great for Jericho. And I also think it makes fans excited to see different ROH talent from the past come in and try to beat Jericho. Yeah. The, the, the only thing with Nigel that, that is like, he was known for going so hard. You know what I mean? That like, yep. can he, like, would he want to come back and do like, like a, uh, almost like a dumb, not a dumb down, but you know what I mean? Like a way less risky version of what he's known for, or would he want to go all out? Like knowing he might not have that many left in him and stuff. Like, well, I don't know, man. Story, It'd be bad. You know. The story would merit him to like really want to lay it in, right? You're fighting for the honor of ring of honor. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I don't me personally, I think it's a pipe dream. I don't think he's going to do it. I think he's kind of closed that chapter in his life and he doesn't want to reopen it. Just it, it didn't go the way that he wanted and he doesn't want to like drag it out. And then if he has one match then he'll want another one and then another one, you know what I mean? Like, I think he just wants to close that, but 
if he ever wanted another opportunity, I think this could definitely present itself if that's what he wanted to do. What kind of uh, kind of shape is Takeshi Morishima in nowadays? I wonder. I have no idea. He's probably humongous now. He hasn't wrestled in so long. I'm trying to look up to see the last time he wrestled. Oh, he was trying to come back in 2018. I remember that. And then uh, he needed emergency surgery. And then, like, it didn't happen. And then he got arrested for assaulting some people in 2018 also. Didn't know about that. All right. Well, um, never mind. Adam Cole Cole would be great for this. Jay Briscoe would be great for this. Um, there's, there's a lot out there that they could do. I just, it, it, I just question like, okay, who do you think would be the guy that'd be able to beat Jericho for the title? Honestly, like, the person he, that makes the most sense long-term would probably be Daniel Garcia. Right. But it's like, did you see the Brian Danielson, Wheeler, Yuta stuff? Yeah. Um, I saw like some clips. So he basically like Wheeler Wheeler doesn't like the attention that Garcia is basically getting from from Danielson. Right. And it's basically like everything that Wheeler wants from from Brian Danielson, Brian Danielson's willing to give it to Daniel Garcia, but not right. Wheeler Yuta. Right. So I don't know where that's heading. Um so so that's another interesting scenario. Uh but yeah. You know, and, and, and you would think storyline-wise, the guy to beat Jericho would be Brian Danielson, but they've already had three matches at this point. It's got to be somebody different. So, I don't know. It's interesting. It's I interesting could, that they're going to do it. I could definitely see them doing Jericho and Eddie Edwards because I think that'd be really easy to make with them and Impact uh, and sure. that relationship with Jericho and, and the people there and stuff. Like, yeah, that's what I yeah. could definitely see. No, I mean, there's definitely some, some guys out there that uh, – could could easily be available if they want to they want to make those matches happen. So didn't didn't Taven just didn't they just show up at a rampage? Yeah, but yeah, that's right. God, Taven. I don't. I don't. I don't view Taven as a champion. Like, but I'm just saying, like they could do that on like a rampage or something. I feel like it's going to be like FTR in the Kingdom or something at at ROH's final battle. Yeah. I don't know. They got a ton of would you would you put Adam Cole with the Kingdom since you don't have Kyle O'Reilly or anybody else? Would you bring that back, or would you just scratch that all together? That's a really good question. I hadn't even considered that, but it like makes they could come out to the they could come out to his old ROH music. I got something for you, right? Then that's be the Kingdom's music yeah. if they wanted to do that. But I, I, I just don't know if they want to go there. I like the idea. Um, I also like the idea of Adam Cole just, like, doing his own thing for a minute. But I think he does work really well as, a, like, the leader of a stable. Um, Agreed. And then also what happens to Kyle. But Kyle, Kyle, I think, actually works better, like, on his own, potentially. Like, just completely doing his own thing, if booked correctly. Um, I like him and Adam Cole together a lot, obviously. If they wanted to team them... Again, as like a tag team when Kyle came back, that'd be badass also. Cole and O'Reilly um just teaming in the tag division. Yeah. Against some of those just that that yeah, it's such a deep tag team division. Um but uh but no, I, I, I like that idea though. I hadn't even considered 
Cole reuniting with the uh, with the kingdom, but I think that that would actually make a lot of sense. I do like the idea. And maybe not long term, but you know, maybe just like a good three months or something, and then they kind of go their separate ways, but just kind of enough time to buy some time for guys to get settled and then do something different, but just a fun ROH throwback type thing. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and then what we, we, we came down to, and by the way, I really like Renee mm -hmm. as the backstage host and then also doing the interviews as well. Um, it just brings more of a, let's say this, Jim Ross is not really the type that would do like, follow-ups or you know like when she brought up how wheeler yuda's body language and how he was reacting to things i don't see jim ross doing that same type of interview style and i just feel like that we can get more in depth and straight to the point faster with renee than we would with like jim ross at this point so like i and i like that it's not like we got Marvez doing this interview. We got this person doing this interview. Like Renee should just handle it all. Like Renee takes the backstage interviews. That way Tony doesn't have to be out there anymore either. Like Shivani, unless it's like something majorly important, I guess. But I, I don't know. I like that they have like one solid person to kind of handle everything. It makes things a little bit more easy and not as scattered. Yeah. Yeah. And she's really good at her roles. So I think that, uh, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine with that. However, they want to use her from a broadcasting perspective outside of like maybe commentary. And I think she would agree. Like, I, I think, um, I think she could be good at commentary if, if she did it long enough. Um, and I know that she had a chance on Monday night raw um, for a while. I know she did NXT as well, but I think that I've heard her even talk about how she didn't really like, it just didn't really fit her that well like it just wasn't a good fit at the time when she was doing the raw commentary and stuff and i mean but anyway not that, that my, my whole point is i think she can really kind of accomplish whatever she wants to and in, in, um from any kind of broadcasting perspective with, with wrestling she she took to it so fast like years ago when she got into it she came into it with like pretty much just like a like a reporting type background and just like absorbed what like how to how to be on a wrestling presentation like in like i she not, not a lot of people we've seen so many people especially in the wwe come and go so quickly in in broadcasting and commentary roles like that one dude um who was from like espn or not not mike adamley from the uh American I know you're talking about. he was like that at was it adnan adnan burke was that his name he was there for like three weeks on raw yeah. it was like yeah. you know um so Anyway, I, I'm with you. I, I think I think uh, Renee's uh, she's a, she's a good hire for AEW. All right, so we have the main event, which I um, thought was well built. Uh, I thought the promo that Adam Page cut with Moxley the week before was fantastic. Yeah. Um, and people like, dude, give you know WWE a chance and all this stuff, and it's like, dude, you're not getting stuff like that on WWE. You're not going to get that. That's just honest to God truth. You're not getting that MJF promo, and you're not getting that Adam Page Moxley stare down. Like, that's not happening. Uh, face off. Um, so this match happens, and I mean, right off the bat, like, brawling, they don't even get to the ring, and then um, – 
you know, freaking Hangman is doing a, a moonsault off the rafters, like it, just going for it, right? And uh, Moxley's blit busted open right off the bat. Like it was a nice tone to the match. And when the match was happening, I'm just like, man, I like Hangman more than Moxley. I really don't think Hangman should have not should have dropped that belt. Like he he still should have been the champ. Like he represents AEW to me more so than even Moxley. Um, I, I just I just feel like that his title ring got cut short. And all he did was earn it, man. Like every time that people are like, oh, Hangman's boring or whatever, he'd go out and have these amazing matches. So, um, you know, selfishly, I wanted Hangman to win. I knew it wouldn't happen, but uh, I thought it was a good match. Unfortunately, it sounds like it ended, it ended because of an injury to Hangman. Um, and then that led us to... MJF, which I expected fully, but I, I when it had a ten minutes still left and the match had ended, I was like, oh yeah. wow, like they're doing it tonight, That's like MJF yeah. smashing tonight. And then they started showing like clips on Ram- of what's coming up on Rampage and Dynamite, and then they like try to go to the from the commentators to the ring. They're like, oh no, Hangman's not ready. Yet. Okay, let's go back. And it was just like, all right, guys, we got five minutes. Like, what's going on? And then Regal came out. Then MJF came out, had the chip. He was pissed off because Moxley called him out. He dragging the ref with him. He's ready to cash in. And then he decides, change it. And what was really like, I was like, what the hell are they doing? Is when he gave Regal the chip and then he ran away. I was right. like, uh, did he sound like a mental breakdown or like what, what just happened here? You just gave away your title shot. Like what, what are we doing? And then he went and got a mic. I was like, Oh, okay. Um, but we now have an official date, full gear. It's happening. Moxley MJF main event for the title. And, uh, yeah, full gear shaping up to look pretty nice. Um, if I had to guess what, what we were getting on that card, uh, so we're getting Moxley MJF. It looks like it's going to be the acclaim versus FTR because I think FTR is going to be swerving their glory uh, next week, and I think that um, Swerve and Keith Lee are going to feud, and I think that'll be a full gear. Um, and then I think, like I said, we get um, the artist formerly known as Page versus Britt Baker, and. Uh, I think probably maybe Tony and Thunder, maybe the elite for the trios titles. For please pray. Um, and uh, yeah, so that sounds like a pretty pretty damn good pay per view. Uh, Christian Jungle Boy, yeah, probably no, no. Chris, Christian that? has Christian has the same injury as. Oh, CFO. that's right, that's right. They're doing the Luchasaurus. Um, yeah. Sorry, I forgot about that. I forgot that they just did that. I, because I, I, I keep like, because Christian just like pinned him like right away, right? Whenever they wrestled, but yeah. I was like, I figured they were going to run it back at this pay per view. I completely forgot that he, he was hurt. Yeah, um, he, that's right. Same injury. So he's got the same timetable. That's right. But it doesn't mean that Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy won't have some type of like pay per view street fight or gimmick match or something like that. Yeah, I could see. I mean, I feel like those guys have they've got to be involved but then again like we've seen it before aw's roster is so stacked that 
sometimes people get left off the pay-per-views which is also why i would like to see something like a darby and jay lethal on ring of honor because then you can open up a spot for somebody else in AEW on that pay-per-view that makes sense that definitely makes sense so um it just depends I, i don't know but there's a lot of moving parts and things are going together and uh yeah it'll be interesting to see where it all heads but at least now we have a layout and it just doesn't feel like a bunch of random crap being booked for no reason so i'm enjoying that aspect of it and i thought tonight was a really really good show it felt like the old dynamites where it was really important and must see tv and and all that stuff so props to them for that yeah yeah, AEW's uh I mean I think their product is always good, but yeah, tonight was tonight was really, really good from and like I said, I, there are things that I missed, but um everything I saw was really good. And uh I'm yeah, I'm excited for full gear. It's gonna be an awesome show. AEW pay per views are can't miss, like regardless. Like without it, you you could I would feel confident paying fifty dollars and not even like just with not anything announced. And I just know it's gonna deliver. You know, yeah. so that's you know, but yeah, it's good. And and this is this should be MJF's time. Like this is this is it. You know, we're you know three years plus in now with AEW as a company. He's been there since day one. Um, they missed out on some big potential stories with some people that aren't there anymore in him. Um, that I think would have been really good. But we are where we are right now with him. It's time. You got to do it. Yeah. I agree. My biggest concern, though, is is what if MJF decides to do it the right way and loses? And then it's like he knows that he has to go back to being dirty and do it a cheap way to make sure that he wins the title. I mean, that's another possible scenario, but I don't... Especially because he's lost to Mox going for the title before like years ago you know i don't i don't think it's a good look for him to lose to moxley again i don't think mj should be losing anybody including wardlow whenever that happens again i think it needs to be wardlow unless wardlow like really heats up by that point but yeah wardlow ward joe how about that it's the worst thing ever that yeah that's real i mean like i'm not i'm not gonna say like i hate i hate the idea of that it's just very like when Samoa Joe came back, that's the last thing in the world I expected. Yeah. Or when Wardlow just beat MJF, I didn't expect him to come a get a tag team with Samoa Joe. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like yeah. what are we doing? I don't I don't whatever. Hopefully it doesn't last very long. Let's just say that. All right, so we got some super chats. Let's get to those. Cactus J22, um, hope you're doing well. Let's get into it. Ariel Wani called you two out, uh, LMAO. I don't think us in general, but just yeah, AEW fans, I guess. Yeah, I'm guessing. Thoughts, also thoughts on Bray's work shoot promo from Friday. Um, so the whole Ariel situation is a little bit weird. Um, I know that Steven is a big Ariel fan 
and they've actually I'll, he's actually had Ariel on his podcast and all that stuff. So I don't know. Yeah, I have, but I I'm probably gonna agree with you more than you think. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So here's my thing. I don't think Tony trusts Ariel. And I think that he agreed to meet with Ariel because of his relationship with MJF and MJF being put on the show, right? And I think he was happy with that interview. So then I think that he felt comfortable enough to meet with him. But you can't tell me Tony being friends with Dana White does not make Tony be a little bit more apprehensive of meeting Ariel. Okay. Sure. So I think that, yes, that interview was dreadful. Right. But that interview was also like an hour and a half and it's not like Tony didn't answer anything for him. And I think that that's kind of how it was presented, but I feel like anything remotely controversial Tony did not want to tell, tell Ariel because he doesn't trust Ariel, flat out, in my opinion. And so he was very close to the vest when it came to that interview. Almost like, it's my first time meeting you. Let's just see how this goes. Hmm. And right. then maybe we'll go on from there. I feel like Ariel went way out of his way to burn that bridge. Because in my opinion, Tony will never talk to him again. And... Also, Ariel made it clear that because WWE gave him side jobs, that they're the ones that he's going to support because it's like he got to do that little uh, transcript for the video package for Riddle mm -hmm. um, and Rollins and Nick Khan is his former agent. Like that's that can't be denied. He does the BT sports interviews with them. So it's like he has financial interest in this. And it's something that he is not. Um, he's not going to trash the WWE unless it's just really, really bad for whatever reason. And he has no loyalty to AEW. And he's kind of thrown shots at. They don't give me free tickets. I had to get tickets through Action Bronson, um, all this stuff. And so whenever he kind of took shots at Tony Khan, the, the AEW fan base went after him, and then he started shooting on them. And I just think he handled the whole thing unprofessional. And I think that he's making it very clear which side he's on. Yeah, I mean, I think uh... – I mean, it's undeniable. He obviously, I mean, he works like he's doing work for the WWE and he's like doing, like I said, like you said, the BT sport for WWE and clearly knows a lot more about what's going on in WWE, been a longer fan of WWE. But, you know, there was years ago, I remember Ariel would talk about it whenever it came up on his show. Like if anyone brought up pro wrestling, he would literally be like, I'm not talking about that. It sucks now. Like it's it's not anything like it used to be. Oh, like I just 100%. like and he'd be like, I, I I outgrew that. Like I I'm not talking about wrestling with anybody. And now that it's like becoming more popular again, and he has yep. a foot in the door. Now he's kind of I don't know 
like cloud chasing isn't it definitely isn't the right word because the guy has like over a million followers on Twitter alone. Like I mean, Ariel Hawani is the absolute goat of of MMA journalism. Like I have, like Doug said, I have massive respect for Ariel Hawani. Um, but it's like his role in MMA is very strange now because like he's independent pretty much. So like you know. It's so it, you know it's just one of those things where like he's burned you know, a lot of bridges too. Well, he can't even you know attend the the post fight interviews because of his relationship with Dana. And he stuff. can't so talk like, to any fighters that Ali has, which is a lot. Yeah, like, there's a lot of people that refuse to talk to him. So I mean, he's definitely burned a lot of bridges. So so it's one of those things where it's also kind of like. And I also get it, like, his kids are of the age where, like, they like to watch WWE and all this stuff. But here's the thing. The only issue I really have with what of anything he was saying, to be completely honest, like, because the rest of it is just kind of opinion. And, and I, I kind of get where he's coming from with some of it. And I definitely get where he's coming from with the Tony Khan interview. But I also understand, like, obviously Tony couldn't or wouldn't talk about certain things. And Ariel has to just kind of understand that and move on. Um, but... Yeah, it's just it's it's uh it's unfortunate that that it's in this in this position because the one the one big thing that I, I really had an issue with was him saying that like not that it's an absolute fact like n- no opinion matters in the argument that WWE's programming is just a better show and it's like dude that. You obviously he knows what he's saying is an opinion, but like, because he tries to bask it by saying like, "Hey, WWE is a way better show." Six months ago, I wouldn't have said that, but right now it is, and it's like, and he's like, "If you say anything other, if you say anything otherwise, you're delusional." Is basically what he was saying, and it's like, no, I think AW's show is still like way better than WWE show is. Like WWE show is improving, and there's some buzz there that wasn't there when when Vince before Vince left, but like. I still think AEW is a way better show consistently than WWE is like just because you work basically for the WWE and you have this relationship with Nick Khan and you know, your kids love the WWE and y'all don't really watch AEW and you weren't a fan throughout the years. See, that's the other thing too. Ariel wasn't a fan of like any of the wrestlers we're seeing on AEW right now when they were having their indie runs or like their real rise. Like he wasn't, he wasn't there like, when the bullet club had their big, their big blow up. And like, you know, like he, like he didn't, he, he wasn't a part of the wrestling community at all during any of that. So his, him jumping back into wrestling is like what his kids like watching WWE. So he thinks, but he, that even, said, but he even said his kids aren't even into it anymore. Like it's just, Oh a, really? It's kind of a, yeah. He said like they were kind of into it for like a couple of months and then that's it. And now it's like, he's on his own. So he's just going and trying to do like me personally, I think he just wants to branch out because he knows that if he just sticks with MMA, it's not, I'm not saying it's not going to work, but it gets boring. It's kind of stale. If he can have other things go on around it. That's why I like some boxing stuff too. Cause he's definitely tried to get into that, mm-hmm. but I just, he just seems like a guy that you can't fully trust. Like at the end of the day, like, and I, and I feel like that he, he definitely, but, but 
props to him though at the same time because like he gives great interviews. Like Absolutely. I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed his Shawn Michaels interview. Really enjoyed his Triple H interview, Seth Rollins interview. Like he's gonna ask the questions that we want to know. So I definitely appreciate that. But he will also dig and dig and try to stir stuff up that doesn't necessarily have to be stirred up. Because I'll tell you what, if he ever got the opportunity to talk to CM Punk, oh, oh yeah. boy, he would try to get him going like nobody's business. You know what I mean? Like that's just who Ariel is. And so it, it's a catch 22. And then going on with the Bray Wyatt promo, first of all, Bray Wyatt's new entrance music is badass. Um, I thought he is Bray Wyatt is very compelling television, right? Like you just, he was, he's walking down the aisle. All the people have their phones lit up. It's just a very like captivating thing that you want to know what's going to happen. And then he cuts a heartfelt serious promo where he's basically crying through it. Um, thought it was good, but then Bray got to be brave. And he gets interrupted by the mask with the whole lingo and all. So it's like, is he going to be like the dual spirit? Like, is he going to be this normal Bray Wyatt? But then he also has like an evil, um, you know, bipolar character that he's going to be carrying around that whenever you see with the mask on, then you know he means, I don't know. Like, that's that's Bray, right? But um to say that like I wasn't interested would be a lie, right? Like, okay, that's that's pretty cool. Like he's he and even if it's bad, you still want to watch, right? Because it's just so different. It's so creative. It's so almost not pro wrestling. And and so to me, it's like that's why he has the fan base that he has because he's just so original and different. Um, so yeah, when he's on TV, you're kind of like, okay. And I, and I don't know what's next. You know, someone was saying that there's a rumor that it could be his group versus like the bloodline in a war games, a survivor series. I mean, if that's what they want to do, you know, whatever, I guess. But uh, that that would lead straight to him and Roman at Royal Rumble, and then it's like if he loses that, then then what? You know that that's the problem with Bray. Like you you put that guy in the title shot. If he doesn't win the title, he's toast. And then if he wins the title, you could have so much better that should be champion, right? So I, I don't I don't know I don't know what they'll do. Yeah, I have no idea. It was interesting, though, like you said, to hear him cut this promo where he was essentially out of character. Yeah. Um, but yeah, then like it's just funny. It's hard to keep a straight face when we're because like all I can picture is like when you say the mask, I just think of like the mask, like the Jim Carrey movie and that mask. Like, right. I was just like the mask pops up and your personality changes. I I saw, by the way, there was like an article that surfaced like really recently I don't know if you saw it. It went, it went pretty viral, but like apparently someone recently found like a really, really, really old mask recently that looks almost identical to the mask from the movie. And everyone's like freaking out. They're like, oh my God, this exists. Um, but uh, anyways, yeah. Bray Wyatt's crazy, man. 
I mean, I'm, I'm, listen, I, I'm, I'm willing to give him another chance. Um, when he got murked by Goldberg, like it really took me out of it a lot with him. Like that was like really like the big, the big one for me. Like the Seth Rollins Hell in a Cell thing was was a disaster. But like when he got just straight up murked by Goldberg in like two moves, I was like, okay, like I can't get behind this guy anymore. And then he got like burned alive and stuff. And it's just like it is, you know. So once again, I'm giving him another shot. I think he's better in the ring than people give him credit for, but he's really only proven that again, like in matches against other really, really good wrestlers. Like everyone will yeah. always immediately go to his matches with Danielson. And then yeah. outside of that, you have to really think about it, you know, like Danielson and then like his brawls with the shield. Like when it was like the Wyatt family versus yeah. the shield, those were awesome. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, whatever. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know what to what to think. We'll just kind of see where it goes and what they want to do and take it from there, I guess. Yeah, Dirty says the Fiend sucked right from the beginning. Yeah, I mean, that kind of stuff just isn't really for me. I actually, I was more interested with the whole just like Firefly Funhouse thing than like the actual Fiend character, if that makes sense. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right, your buddy Mystery86 admitted Steven MJF is better than Mox, and you know it. Finally, after full gear, no more bleed every match, same match every week, champion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, we actually agree. I, I, I'm a massive MJF fan, so I, I actually would prefer MJF over Mox. So, so there you we, go. we agree this week. And thank you for joining the chat, as always. Always good to see you in here. Yeah. Um, I just, it's just nothing against Mox for me. I just, I'm ready for something new. That's it. It's, it has nothing to do with Mox and I'm glad he's with the company and glad he signed five more years, all that jazz. Like it's great. I just, just ready for something different. Yep. I got all the respect in the world for Mox. I've talked about it a thousand times. love that he was doing the GCW title run also, and just massive respect to, to, you know, you know, didn't go on vacation when he was supposed to and all this stuff. And, doing what he needs to, to to help the company and sign that extension and everything and nothing but respect for John Moxley. But like you said, and once again, I think that it's just the timing is perfect. MJF is, is white hot right now. Um, the stars have aligned. He was supposed to go into a big feud with CM Punk. Obviously that's not happening right now. Like let's just get that title belt on him and do something different. I'm with you. Man, imagine the compelling television that Punk and MJF could have had. Hmm. But I wonder yeah. if that would have even felt stale, right? Like, because it, it, they had multiple matches, and, you know, I don't know where, where all the story was going, so I couldn't say that, and I'm sure MJF could pull off anything, honestly. But I do like this story as well, so I'm not, like, upset being like, oh, man, I wish it was Punk instead. Like, it does make sense, though, that the final – ending of the punk feud would be MJF winning the title, but um, it is what it is. Listen, like we've said before, in hindsight, Hangman should have never dropped the title to, to Punk. Like, like, we've both said it, like, Punk should, like, we both were thought Punk should win the title when he did. Like, we're not, but in hindsight, man, we should still be in, like, Hangman should still be the champion right now, and we should be getting ready for MJF versus Hangman for the title and MJF beating Hangman for that belt after like after a title. Anyway, we know we can't go back. It just is what it is. But 
Yeah. Hindsight 2020. It's all good. Dirty, thank you so much for the super chat as always. Appreciate it, man. Uh, should they turn Mox Heel before full gear? It's an interesting idea. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know. I think I think you kind of just got to go with what's happening naturally and take it from there. Um, and if MJF is starting to noticeably be more over than Moxley when it comes to the babyface reaction, then maybe you start to have Moxley do a little bit more heel-type tactics or something to – and maybe what you do then is Moxley will – say, you know, you're not going to take the cheap route, but maybe I'll take the cheap route because I'm going to make sure that I have this belt. You know what I mean? Like, I'll do whatever I've got to do to win the title. So either you're going to have to decide you want to take the cheap route or you want to face me man-to-man because either way, I'm going to do whatever I got to do to win, you know? So. Uh, I like I like that idea a lot. I You know, I like both options. Um, I think the one that though they should go with though if i guess if i had to choose i would i would just leave it as is also just let it naturally just organically happen the way it's going to happen um and just once again just be prepared for it's just so bizarre when you think about it that after all this time of waiting for this moment for mjf like when he wins the title at full gear, like he's going to get a massive pop. I would have never thought it'd be a scenario where MJF wins that title and he gets anything other than just booed and trash thrown at him. Trash you know? thrown at him. Yeah. yeah. But, um, but, but we're, we're, we're at where we're at and regardless of how they need to get it done. Uh, they, like I said, they need to get the title on, on to, on to MJF, but, but dirty. I, I'm not against the idea at all of them for turning Mox heel either. I just feel like Mox is already just, it's just one of those things. Like he's our, he's our, he's gonna be the same guy no matter what. It's just a matter of who do you, you know, does he does he wrestle baby faces or heels? But I think regardless, like Mox is gonna be Mox. So, right. But like, does he kick him in the balls when the referee isn't looking? Right. You know what I mean? Does right. he? Because because to me that that isn't out of the realm of something that Moxley would do. But and you could do stuff like that. So like when Max is trying to beat him straight up you know, Moxley's doing stuff like grabbing his tights or putting his feet on the ropes when he's going for a pin or whatever. And it's like playing mind games with MJF because he's trying to do the right thing. You know what I mean? Like they could mentally go there if they wanted to. I another super chat. Was that the is all last one UFC related? Yeah. I, I saw Chris's. I don't know if we had any before that. No, I think that's it. Did you want to do um, – we have more topics, obviously, for everybody. Did you want to do um, FIG uh, purchases? Yeah, so I did I did forget to show one that I meant to show the last time, but I do have the Cody Spring. Nice, bravo. I don't have that yet, but that looks great. Is that the regular or the Walmart? It's the regular one. Nice, nice. You get that off ringside? Yeah. No, I got that off Amazon. Oh, nice. Gotcha. I saw those up there for a second as well. Yeah, 42 bucks. Cheapest I saw it. And uh, yeah, it's a heck of a figure. I'm looking forward to opening it and doing all that stuff you can do with it. And then I got the CM Karen that mm-hmm. 
I have not gotten yet, but I got it for retail, so I was like, whatever. Yeah. So. I, mean, I, I I do the same thing, honestly. I have I don't have it yet, but if I saw it at retail, I saw the Walmart exclusive for like thirty six bucks and passed on it, like in the wild. Um, it's thirty six in the wild. Well, I saw it at like uh yeah, just like uh, I went fig hunting the other day. I got I got quite the haul actually, but oh um, boy, okay. I went I went to a couple different places, but one of them had a CM Punk Walmart exclusive for thirty six. But I was like, I think I'm gonna come across one of those. Like I found all the other Walmart and Target exclusives so far, so. Like in Target or Walmart. The only the only thing I saw about this was his pants. I didn't. Yeah. I don't. I don't watch Raw, so I have no idea what he said or anything. But I saw that people are making a huge deal out of his MC Hammer pants. I I watched it and it was actually really good in my opinion. Um, okay. I'm not. I'm not like the hugest on like Baron Corbin still, but um jbl as a manager and the way he was talking he cut a really good promo and coming from him the stuff he was saying was really believable um and then he was really good on commentary like putting over baron corbin and putting down Dolph ziggler that was who wrestled um he basically was saying like that like he was talking about Dolph ziggler and like people like Dolph ziggler have to you know grind on the indies for so long and like nobody cares and nobody sees it and just who cares because like people like him and people like baron corbin didn't have to do any of that they just like came in and just got into the big leagues and everyone else you know, like all these indie people just hang out in the minors and like think it's cool basically and like i was like this is actually a pretty good promo like you know um for for a heel to be cutting so right anyways um did you have any other um okay so nope. i'm gonna do mine pretty I'm quick tapped out I'm tapped right. out I'll go, I'll go quick so that um, this doesn't take too much time. So I've got, um, I, I did some, like I said, I did some action figure hunting. Um, finally got this guy in yesterday. Okay, the ultimate, finally got it. I tried with the smoking face and it looks pretty cool, but like with this pose, with him yelling, yeah. like, that's pretty badass. I like that a lot. Um, yep. And they sent me the other one also that I returned oh nice so nice. I, I i keep a one in the box so you can do one but or if you have wanted to you could open it and do one smoking face one like that too as well there's a chance i might do that i i open both of my ultimate savages so um yeah there you go see but yeah this this is a great bill goldberg i'm i'm very happy that i finally finally have that by um, the way fitterman is coming to uh in january rick flair is on that one so i don't know if you want to prepare okay. for anything there very good possibility i'll have to see who else is there to de to determine where i want to spend my monies but um i'm really hoping for booker t that's one that's really high on my list right now because he has the same type of figure as that bret hart and i'd like to get his sign yeah. up as well um same with scott steiner if that happens to be um man okay. scott steiner was there that one time too that i, I met him so i would have i could have got that one done man i missed out because like I, I didn't live here at the time. I was living in Nashville, but like I live very close to that old Shoney's that that Scott Steiner owned <laughs> that he was apparently at all the time. You'd be um, like, "Look, I'll buy a meal. I'll buy two meals, okay? Just sign this figure for me." Yeah, dude, I will buy. I will give you whatever tip you'd like, sir. Um, right. All right. So I got the Goldberg. Um, I got um, a good amount of Funko Pops. So I so I collect um, office Funkos. So, right. been growing that collection. Finally got a Jan Levinson. She got her candle there. 
Um, not one of my favorite characters, but like, you know, just trying to complete the set. Um, yeah. uh, Angela, Angela Martin. I thought this was pretty cool with, uh, she got the cat. Nice. And, uh, and this is a GameStop exclusive. That one there. there you go. And I got a really good deal on these pops too. I, I, I found a spot when I was out hunting that they were trying to like shift inventory. So they were just like, Hey, anything you're interested in, just bring it to the front and we'll just give you a deal. Cause like we're trying to move stuff if we can. And nice. so I got, so I got some good deals. Um, also from the office, I got this Walmart exclusive Dwight Schrute as the Hey King, which okay. I thought was pretty cool from uh, that one episode. They have really, they have some very, very niche um, pops like this one right. here, which is Jim as golden face from when they had their movie, uh, Michael Scorn, um, Michael Scorn, I guess. Um, but yeah, it's nice. a Target exclusive, pretty cool. And then some uh, non-funk, uh, some non-office. Uh, um, got this was gifted to me from my friend Michael Hughes. He gave me an Osimo from South Park, oh, which wow. you know one of my favorite South Park episodes. I got this by um, my company does like rewards points for like when you do certain things at work. You know, you get like little points. You can use them at a store. Um, yeah. I used it for um, for a gift card to GameStop and used it to get this GameStop exclusive Paul Heyman, which is pretty okay. cool, with the ECW yep. hat on. All right, almost done. And now I've got some loose stuff, um, just kind of random. Got this Power Rangers Morpher, which also is a – it's like one of those like poly pocket type things like oh, on the okay. inside. Yeah, so, I thought that would look, look kind of cool on the display. Um, right. Also, for the Power Rangers display, I got this. Uh, this is my Bill Goldberg head sitting in there with the smoke. Yeah. Um, yep. I got this uh, this Goldar for my Power Rangers display. Cool Goldar there. <laughs> and I got this. The guy literally just threw this in because he was just trying to get rid of them. Um, he gave me a uh, a working Power Rangers VHS with the VHS on the inside. So um, so, put... so you say it's working? Does that mean you have a VHS player? Well, no. He said they said that they tested it. I I don't have a VHS player, but I think I think okay. this will look cool on display with my other Power Rangers stuff. And then I got me a random because it was literally like a dollar sitting in a bin. Got me a Kirby Puckett starting lineup from back in the day. With by the way, have you seen the new ones? Yeah. Uh, I'm indifferent. Yeah, bucks. way too way too expensive, and you can't see into the box, right? No, which no. that's a problem for me. So, but like they're highly detailed. They look good. They're gonna have football ones. I'm very curious to see what those look like. I bet they look really cool. But damn, to me, they have to be very specific throwback players, like Ken Griffey Jr. type guy, Randy Moss. Well, see, and I, I don't think any of that's happening yet. Like it'll be all current, and if it's successful, then it'll be like you know throwbacks and stuff. But like. We're gonna get you. You might get a Kirk Cousins. You might get a Justin Jefferson. I like something that. Like that, but I like that. But I don't know if you would get. You know, like I would probably get like a Dak or a Zeke. Like those are the ones that they would come out with. But maybe a Micah Parsons. But even then, I mean, they're only gonna be like six figures out of all of it. Like I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't think the line's gonna last. It's just too expensive. I agree. And then of course, you know, it comes with like his little trading card and. uh yeah, by the way, so 
I have like five packs of AEW cards. I've kept mine like, un- unopened also, yeah. I, I don't know what I'm going to do with them. I'm not really a card collector, so. Yeah, I haven't opened mine either. Like, I've got them all out of those, uh, out of the box. I got, them, but... I got them from figures. Like, that's why yeah. I have them. It's not like I'm here. randomly going and buying packets of cards. All right, only two things left. Got this NXT version uh, loose of uh, Sami Zayn here. Yep. Like that one. And then I found this, which this figure is like really expensive. Uh, mint on card. Don't know what it's like loose, but I got it. I got it for very cheap. I feel like, um, and it's in perfect condition. And this is like my favorite version of this guy. I've been wanting one of his figures, but he has so many. I couldn't find a good one, but this one just worked out perfect. So got a little cruiserweight champion, Ray Mysterio. WCW. Is like, this is my favorite version of Ray Ray right here. So, uh, right. So, and I got that. I got this for thirty dollars. I saw it was like one hundred and thirty in like on card. It's like wow. Um. So, anyways, that's my haul for this week. Um, way more stuff than I normally have for the week, but um, I literally went out on uh, I went out on uh on Saturday. Me and my brother and our friend, we uh, we literally went out and just like fig hunted for like half the day. So, yeah, it was a good time. Nice. Good time. Yes, collecting. And I have more stuff on the way um, that should be here tomorrow, I think, that I can show you all next week. Sean hooked me up with some Fightful merch, which I can – I got, like, a hoodie and stuff on the way. It's it's getting cold out, so I'm excited about that. Um, So, yeah. um, Yeah. Good good stuff. Good, good, Good figure weed. Yeah, I'm done with figures for a while, I think. I don't have any coming up, so unless something pops up, that Target sale did me in. Yeah, I, uh, I'm i very glad you told me about that because um, I went and I just price matched it at the thing, just walked up to the – the people at Target just don't care. You know, like you can – I mean, I'm not advising to do this or like to rip people off. I'm not saying to do this, but I'm just saying like you can literally, from my experience, like – walk up to just the person like the self-checkout at target and just turn around and be like this 50 item i saw this for ten dollars at another target and they're just like oh, okay like they don't even quite they just don't care they'll just scan it for whatever so like so i i and i know this because i like i walked up there with a jeff hardy um ultimate and i was like hey this is on sale and i showed them online out even i was like hey it's on sale for this much but it's ringing up for this much but i had like a jeff a Roman and um, and a Savage Ultimate, and, I, and not all of them were on sale. But she didn't care. She was just like, "How much are these?" I was like, "I don't know. This one's supposed to be twenty three And she's like, "All right, I'll bring them for twenty three Like, I don't, I'm just like, I don't give a shit. You know what I mean? Like, I don't care about these yeah, toys. Some, some of those people, like, dude, they're just they're just trying to get through their day. They don't really care at all. They don't want a confrontation. They're just like, no. listen, like. Like Walmart's not missing the five dollar discount I'm giving you to just not deal right. with this, you know? Right. Um. So usually it's younger people too. You mess with older people, they'll they'll be a stickler because they're worried about getting fired or whatever. So they'll just be like, hey, "Let me check on that." <laughs> so yeah. all right, got another super chat from your buddy, uh, Mister A Six. When MJF gets the belt, do you see him wrestling there? 
the current champion feels the need to please discuss why or why not this is beneficial um no i don't i don't see i don't think he will but i think that he will always be a presence on tv to say that you will see mjf every single week and whether that's to cut a promo whether that's to set up a current feud or whatever but um I, I definitely think he'll wrestle probably more than once a month, say that. But I don't – he's never been a guy that wrestles a lot in the first place. So I don't think that that'll change too much. But I definitely think he'll be more of a focus of the show. And um, I, I, I don't want to say he will be like Roman, but I do think he'll kind of be like Roman where he, he won't – he won't wrestle. I think he'll wrestle every single pay-per-view. And I think that he'll, he'll definitely like any of the big shows, like winter is coming, that's coming up and all those type of dynamites. I think that he'll wrestle on those, but I don't, I don't think that he'll just wrestle on any old dynamite once a week or whatever the case may be. Yeah. I completely agree with, with all of that. Um, he doesn't wrestle that often as is, but that keeps him fresh too, like physically and as a character. Um, he's not overexposed. Um, not, not that not that he needs to be protected by any stretch. Like he's very, very good in the ring, and he's obviously phenomenal on the microphone. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, why or not it's beneficial? That's a good question. You know, I, I think it's I think it is beneficial though to just less is more when it comes to MJF wrestling. And if he's there yeah. on a consistent basis, he'll stay mega over by just cutting promos and get the people over need to get over and bury the people who need to get buried. And so, yeah, I, I, I would imagine he won't wrestle too often as the champion, but I think he'll definitely wrestle every pay-per-view. And then, like you said, uh, the occasional dynamite or something when something big's going on. And they, they, when, when they want to like pop like a big rating for a dynamite, like promote like a big, big MJF title defense or something. Yeah. By the way, did you see on NXT that they had like Nakamura and they brought in Judgment Day and like all that? Like they they no. tried to do whatever they could to get people's attention to tune in. No, I didn't see that. I saw, I saw like Kevin Owens was advertised, um, but no, I had no idea until he just said that that like Nakamura was on there and stuff. And then um, Roxy is starting. She was on SmackDown, and then um, she just faced uh, Rhea Ripley. Yeah, and Rhea Ripley beat her, or whatever. So, yeah. sounds like Roxy's going to get called up soon, which is crazy. Because I mean, she was wrestling <laughs> in a dump in front of like fifty people every weekend, and now like she's in the big show. So, props to her. That girl worked hard. I've been telling people to like just keep a close eye right now on Brian Keith and Mysterious Q, especially like those yeah. two, because I'm like I'm just have this feeling where it's like Booker T's with NXT now. They're looking at indie talent yeah. again. Like they've yeah. been ready for a minute for that next step. Like I could, I and if they don't get swooped up by them, someone will. I think. Like I think it's like the time. I I don't see as much of Mysterious Q, but I think Brian Keith, like like he's like ready right now like you could put him on nxt tv introduce him to the to the to the audience with some sort of what sad thing is is like he really wants to go to japan like that's that's what he really wants to do but i don't 
I don't know how that all works with the pandemic and all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, that would be badass to see him in Japan. He would have some bangers over there. He'd get really yeah. over. Um, yeah. And I wonder how that works with, like, Swisha House, if he, like, got signed somewhere. Like, AEW probably wouldn't be a problem. He could probably just use whatever music, you know? Yeah. Um, but uh, but WWE, they, they, they handle that a little differently, usually. Yeah, I don't see him coming out to that. That's <laughs> my guess, but... Um... Well, well, I'm saying that even if it's in that, in that specific song, like, him being, like... Because he's, like, sponsored by them, like, legitimately, right? Like, so... Um, yeah. Which is awesome. <laughs> so. Well, what what's interesting, too, is, I mean, Shawn Michaels basically made it known, like, we're looking for experienced people. This was a disaster without <laughs> actually saying it. Um, and so, and, and then they sent Gabe Sapolsky out to an indie show looking for talent. So, like, it's it's back from full swing. Um like I would look, I would look into a guy like Jack Cartwheel or something like that, to where like I, he would definitely be over with the fans, and then you could get him really good teaching that he needs on how to actually be like a good TV wrestler and uh, kind of get that lucha out of him. And I think that he he would he could be a big name uh, for them. And uh, good. I was say I think that Jack Hartwheel would I don't know if I don't know if you've seen any of Chase University that they've been doing on NXT. He would fit perfect for something like that. He really would. Because he he'd really be like the would. he'd be like the cheerleader of the group. Like going out there yeah. doing like the cartwheels and stuff. Like he would Yeah. And then like everyone would think he sucks and he's annoying and everything. And then he would actually like bust out some crazy move and then people would be like, Oh my god, he's legit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, but no, that that would work actually. Yeah, I like the idea. I like that like idea because I really like Bodie Hayward. I think he reminds me of like a young Lex Luger, and and I actually like Lex Luger. I'm not one of these like Lex Luger haters. Like, um, in Harlem Bravado, or um, what's it? I can't remember. It was his indie name. Um, uh, Andre Chase. He uh, he's solid for what he needs to do. Like as a tag team, I think they're actually a really solid tag team. The two of them. Um, but yeah, I think Jack Hartwell would be a cool cool addition i mean there's a lot of good indie talent right now that i mean i could see like i don't know what their deals look like or if they're like to what extent some of these guys might have stuff lined up with like AEW, ring of honor and stuff but i would definitely be putting out feelers to like alex zane and blake christian and like those guys that like that were there that were only there i'm for, like, pretty sure that they signed with ring of honor or at least I, blake christian did yeah, I, th I think I think you're right. Um, but I'm just saying, like, if any of those, I, I could see maybe some of these people that were there previously that didn't get a very long run, like coming back potentially um, under the new regime and getting another shot. So here's another thing too. Tony recently said in a statement that um, Ring of Honor news is coming soon, and right. that they will have something to announce. There will be one more final. They're hoping to have one more final pay-per-view for the year. And then they announced that tonight. And then Brian Alvarez said that like this ROH streaming deal thing can be announced as, as soon as tonight. So it's coming close. So um, I was thinking to do this to me. If you could pull it off, 
what you might want to do is like do two separate shows of AEW and then Ring of Honor on one, and then maybe another um, Rampage, and then maybe like your dark show or whatever, if that's what you wanted to do, or maybe another hour of Ring of Honor taped out on before Rampage or after Rampage or whatever. But then that way you get like a full dose and you would have an incentive to go to either show either way, right? Um, and then that way it would make Rampage more important too. You'd be selling more tickets, doing more shows. I mean, I don't know all what that would entail, but I just don't – I don't know what – with Ring of Honor – like. The one thing I like if they do make Ring of Honor established and actually separate it from AEW, then this will not fear, feel near as cluttered. This will not feel feel like the roster's so big and there's no TV time for anybody and all that because you can totally separate the two. And I think that that would be a really good thing. But, like, what kind of ratings are they expecting in this deal? Like, if, if it doesn't do well, is it immediately like the rugs pulled from it? Like, I, I just don't. I don't know. I don't know. I, what, mean, I think what that's clearly do. one of the major reasons that Jericho's the champion right now. I do too. I yeah. honestly do too. And I mean, it makes sense, right? For sure. Goat. <laughs> imagine like Jonathan Gresham was mad that he lost to Claudio. Like, imagine if he had thrown a fit losing to Jericho. Like, dude, it, like, we got to get a tv deal here they're not interested in you as the champion i'm sorry that's just the, the honest truth and jericho already proved like i mean i i know obviously when when AEW started a lot of it was cody young bucks kenny hangman like moxley when he came in uh jericho of course and my point being i think when we look back like years from now at the history of AEW, depending on how the next like five or so years go especially We'll probably be looking at Jericho as like the most important person that AEW hired, like when it like when they started, because like he really helped, I think, just legitimize AEW when that company started. Like there was there was absolutely people. I have I had friends that weren't even really into wrestling anymore that were like saw that Jericho was a part of AEW and were asking what AEW was. They're like, it has to be a real show if like Jericho's on it. And yeah. And I think that that's kind of the same thing here is like, they're going to lean on him again to be like, you know, we're not expecting you to, to, you know, to do this again to the level of AEW, but like, we need, we need you to be the face of this and like do whatever you can to draw attention and promote and like really, really buy in to, to being, and does, that doesn't take much convincing for Jericho, by the way, because he knows how good he is and he, he has a track record of, of success for literally three decades. So like, yeah. you know, to him, it's probably just, a, it's probably a, a welcome challenge. Um, obviously he's okay with it. He just signed a, a long-term extension and yep. is going to be a part of creative and like their, yeah. their re- recruiting and everything. I mean, he's going to be a big Which honestly, I mean, to me, like, I feel like he was already doing those things, but now it's more of an established role. Yeah. But it, it's, it's almost like this though. And I don't know how you feel about this, but this is kind of how I took it was like, if, if I could redo all this over again, and I had no EVPs, right? If you're Tony Khan? If I'm Tony Khan, uh-huh. I want a wrestler that can be like a coach and a mentor backstage like he wants for Moxley. I want a Jericho that can be part of creative, but also like a coach as well, 
but you don't actually are like running the business side of things. And so to me, this is kind of like the reimagined role of an EVP. And these are the people that he trusts the most, which makes me wonder where the elite fit in and all this stuff. You know what I mean? Right. I, I think that's a good, um, a good analysis. I think that that makes a lot of sense. I think you could be right about that. Um, because yeah, when it comes, I saw um, I, I retweeted it, but Jimmy Van from Fightful, he put out a tweet that I thought was interesting, and I don't know if it's true or not, but I think it's worth thinking about. But basically, he was saying like the kind of deals we're seeing Moxley and Jericho get come across more so as like employee deals than like independent contractor type deals in like a good way, like in a way where like if you actually are getting some sort of like equity in the company. Like this isn't this isn't like with the WWE with and this isn't to put the two companies against each other, but it's this is just how WWE's always operated. With them, you're an independent contractor, but you're treated like an employee. So like they can really control the way their contracts are set up. They can really control pretty much every aspect about you, um, which we've seen with like them taking away people's Twitch channels and you know not being able to do you're not even be able to interact with people on Twitter before with other companies and stuff like that. Um, but you're supposed to be an independent contractor. It's strange that you couldn't, you can't do those things if you're an independent contractor. With AEW, what it looks like is if you start actually hiring people long term and giving them roles in the company that have like actual like equity within the company itself. So like you're you're um uh, incentivized like for the company to succeed and you to succeed because you're directly affected too as like a potential like you know shareholder or whatever in the company like. Yeah, and and you're benefiting monetarily from that because the company is doing good. You're making extra money on top of your your contract, and and then you set it up to where you have stuff going into retirement plans and 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 medical and the benefits that like actual employees are supposed to get. Like, this could be a huge game changer in like in how this works because imagine if like WWE had a similar type scenario at some point in the future because we've seen this happen before in the pat in the past with like guaranteed contracts in wrestling people like Colin yep. Nash changing completely how you have to do wrestling contracts with with the the guaranteed money and stuff this could yep. be potentially something like that where they it creates a change where down the line you know once you hit a certain level of success in WWE you start getting actual employee benefits from them so you don't have to worry yep. so much about wrestling on the indies when you're in your 50s and like making a paycheck and you know the money you can't touch the money until a certain age anyway so like it's it's you know so well, anyway. the great thing is is if they do that then wwe's gonna have to counter and do that exactly. as well and then exactly. that just changes the whole business and that's why i keep telling people you don't want either one to go out of business because it's just going to keep evolving and helping everybody so 100 percent. but yeah it's a it's it's interesting how Things are changing, but I mean, you got to give AEW credit because it was looking real dark after All Out, and now they've been able to re-sign Moxley, re-sign Jericho, MJF was brought back, MJF is now the number one contender heading into full gear, like, there's a lot of good things to be happy about, so it's not all doom and gloom, we'll see what ROH's future's looking like, like, there's just a lot of... Uh, positive things to to be looking forward to so i'm definitely happy about that 
And yeah. one other thing, so like I went ahead and deleted my tweet about thinking that the hangman thing was a work. I it, that's my first initial reaction, but like it's clear he went to the hospital. He's being evaluated for a concussion. So I don't want anyone to think that I'm being insensitive or anything like that. Like being a longtime fan and the way that that whole thing was set up, like the last five minutes with MJF coming out, you you've got to question things, right? But now that I know that he was definitely hurt from it, then you know, wish him that's the best. Fair. Sure. But I will say with concussions, like it, it, you just don't know, right? Like we, we're never like when we're watching fights, right? And guys get knocked out. We're not like, let's pray for this guy or I hope he's okay or whatever. Like it's just what we're used to. I'm used to the violence of seeing guys get hurt and knocked out. Mm-hmm. But then, like I said, we have the Adam Cole situation where he has a concussion and he's been out for months. We've had Brian Danielson, like you just don't know. So just hope for the best, and um, we'll see see what happens. As long as this isn't like a neck issue or anything like that, Hangman should hopefully recover fine and be be in good shape. So, well, not even just that in wrestling. I mean, we see it. I mean, for example, Tua. You know, like I mean, he's like, going to be playing on prime time this Sunday, so. dude. I saw it firsthand, obviously, in the Vikings game. Teddy Bridgewater was was benched for the game because of a concussion, like them being cautious about a concussion. Yep. And because their third-string guy got hurt during Tyler. the game, they were like, well, too bad about that concussion, Teddy. Like, Go we got back nobody in, else. buddy. Yeah. <laughs> and, it's, and, of course, it's Teddy Bridgewater, dude, who literally exploded his leg by walking yep. backwards one time, like, which – I love Teddy. Like, I'm not going to trash talk Teddy, but like, he's a very fragile quarterback. Yes. Like, you know, yes. he's always one hit away from being out for the season. Like, he's, he's one right. snap away from that. Like, when he got that, that injury in Minnesota, that like gruesome injury, it was a non contact, non pads, literally just walking backwards with a football. Yep. Not in I mean, non contacts are the worst. When you see a guy go down and they're not, they hadn't even been touched, you know, it's, it's bad. It's really yeah, bad. For sure. Um, so, yeah, um, I don't know if you wanted to talk any foot. We can do some football talk at the end of the show. Um, yeah, I can jump off a bridge too. So, yeah, I didn't want to, I didn't want to <laughs> like rub it in, but I do want to talk a little bit about my Vikings nah, before the end of the show. Nah, it's fine. Also, go ahead and answer that question, Doug. Oh, sorry, where, uh, who's your favorite turtle? Uh, I was. I was always a Michelangelo fan. Yeah, he's, he's the just the most fun. He's most, but I definitely liked Raphael as well because he was just like kind of the more, the more badass, no nonsense type. But yeah, you know, when you're a kid, Michelangelo is just he's just the fun one. You know, and he rocked mean? the nunchucks, which was like a yep. cool thing for kids. Like that was always like a cool weapon. Um, in the movie, yep. he used the sausage links. It's like all right, that's pretty cool. And then um, I think he also asked my favorite Turtles movie. It's definitely Secret of the Ooze. Yes. I like the first one as well. The first one's underrated, in my opinion. It's much more serious tone. I agree. But Secret of the Ooze is, was, like, amazing when I was a kid. I completely agree. And it still holds up. I watched it recently. It's still good. Um, There's I have moments this- where you're like, damn, this is 90s, but yeah. I got this on my, on my desk. Yeah, the Super Shredder. I've got, I got. Did you find out that Kevin Nash was the Super Shredder? I mean, it was a long time ago. Um, but like, I mean, but I mean it had it to have been like, an, like when the movie came out. Well, no, of course not. Right? But 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 it had to have been like, what? I mean, it was like early in my internet years. Like it was, I mean, and it's crazy because now like, 
I mean, they even make like this kind of merchandise, like Kevin Nash as Shredder yep. stuff, yep. which is awesome. Um, well, and then like he he'll sign the uh, NECA Super Shredder figures. Like there's some people to get him to sign this those. NECA Super Shredder figure. Yeah, they'll have it. He'll sign it. Um, yeah, I'm gonna. I mean, I already have three Kevin Nash autographs, but I can always use more. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> You can see one of them right there on my. Uh, I mean, I got to get a better camera so you can actually see this stuff better. I'm, I, I'm, I'm finally starting to like plan out how I'm going to rearrange this place and finding some different types of like smaller shelves for figures and stuff. I'm going to really optimize this space. Um, I'm going to set up multiple cameras so I can just switch them right here on the show. If you wanted to see different um, parts of my room, I'll get it all set up. So, gonna gonna up the production value here for you guys in uh, in 2023. So. Nice. Got a super chat from Kogan. Thanks, Kogan, man. I appreciate it. Um, you want to go ahead and read that? Because my camera's kind of in the way. Yes. Thank you, Kogan. Kogan with the donation. By the way, guys, we will probably wrap up in about 10 minutes or so. So if you do have any last minute super chats, now's the, the time to send them. We'll make sure to put them on the screen. We'll read all of them out, answer your questions. And if you don't want to send a super chat, but you want to send a donation through PayPal, you can do that in the description below and we'll treat it the same way. Um, I'll get the notific notification on my phone and um, we'll still read out your, your stuff and answer your questions and everything. Um, we really appreciate the support. Everyone who sends super chats. Um, it, it means more than y'all understand. We really, really do appreciate it. And uh, please hit the thumbs up button if you haven't already. So um, we appreciate sure. that as well. That, that's a very, that's a totally free way to support thumbs up, subscriptions, comments, help us with that YouTube al algorithm um kogan with the super chat once again thank you kogan says what's more important and i haven't read this yet i'm gonna have to think about this says cody beating roman to win over AEW fans or bray beating roman to help make him the new taker and grow more of a wwe audience remember i said important now what you want that's a good um, thing to throw in there at the end uh knowing yeah. me that's very fair you're about to be like cody Rhodes. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's very, that's very fair. I'm, I'm obvious. The thing is I can own the bias. You know what I mean? Like I'm, you know, I'm not. So, um, so I, I want to make sure I understand this question correctly. So Cody beating Roman to win over AEW fans by that, I guess he means just all wrestling fans in general, like the AEW fans that turned on him that, that are still following him over to WWE. Um, yeah. I mean, I think it's also just the fact of like the, a bill, right like someone that's like was a AEW fan and then he went to wwe and begrudgingly will watch but like if cody won the title he might actually be more invested into wwe product and watch you know what i mean right um i mean so i like because of Listen, I'm not going to downplay how big of a star Bray Wyatt is, especially like to the WWE universe and like their audience. He he gets like his stuff gets views, um, like the social media engagements. Like there's there's he's massively over for their fan base, um, very loyal audience for him. Like nothing, um, but for me, the Cody thing is just so different. All my personal bias aside, the Cody stuff is so different because. This man left the company, created the competition, and then bailed in like this very strange, like what the hell is happening right now scenario. Yeah. Debuted it and, and gave it all up 
to go back there and to potentially win a championship he wasn't allowed to win in the company he created like and and not that not only that kept his kept his theme music kept the gimmick got brought in with his own creation still has AEW merchandise out on the shelves like like this so this is it's just a totally different like so but so so to be honest like i have to go with cody but like that would be there, there's nobody else who it, it's almost an unfair argument because no one else is doing what we've we're seeing with cody right now which is very unprecedented and if they don't go all the way with him then it's just like almost feels like for nothing like well if you're not gonna be the world champion in wwe we should have just stayed in AEW, and like you had a lot of matches you could have had there and like you still weren't gonna be the world champion so like also, Damn, I wish you wouldn't have left, you know? When you talk about importance, right? Just for legacy, like, he would be the only Rhodes to win that title. Yes. Right? Yes, absolutely. So that, that's a big deal in itself. And this is my thing. I don't think Cody has to be the guy for a long period of time. I just think that the, the moment is being built for him to be the one to dethrone Roman and win the title. And then whatever happens after that happens. Break him when it whenever, but this is built for Cody, in my opinion. Cody came back, he's gonna win the Royal Rumble, and the whole thing is gonna be built around Cody beating Roman for the belt. So that's why I think it's more important for Cody to finish this story. And with Bray, I just don't know if he can ever be there's always that thing where it's like too much damage has been done. And I don't know if Bray is at that point to where you can just forget about everything else and just only focus on what's going on. If he just wins the title all as well. Like I feel like he needs to get over organically, not just based on who he is or his established fan base, but like, like almost like where MJF's at, right? Like there is a hunger for the fans, they're demanding this to happen at this point, right? And I feel like Cody's going to be at that same way where it's like hit peak level of interest and there is a hunger for him to win this title to close out this story. With Bray, I feel like it needs time to build. And that's why I don't like the idea of Bray going straight for the title. I want Bray to face mid-carters. I want Bray, but not just face mid-carters on a SmackDown and call it a day. Like, have some long, creepy uh, feuds with people that go into months into a pay-per-view and then on to the next person and then the next person. And then by the time that you get to that title, you'll have a long body of work where it makes sense that he could be the champion. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Um, yeah completely completely agree and like i said before i think that one of cody's big feuds especially as champion uh will probably be bray wyatt because they have the history of of uh the nxt thing with husky harris and cody being his his mentor and everything like that like they will go to that at some point so and then both being you know multi you know second generation wrestlers and all well is, is Wyatt a second or a third generation? Was IRS's dad a wrestler too? I can't remember. I um, but regardless, we're talking, you know, second, third generation. Cody is so weird because Cody's a second generation wrestler, but Dustin's so much older that he seems like a third generation. Um, right. 
you know, with them being having you know different moms and everything. But yeah. um, but yeah, uh, I think I, I think either way they're they're both in good shape. Um, like I, the Bray thing is just the the Vertish is still kind of out. Like I got to see what they do with that. Like you said though, the Cody thing is literally like if he doesn't win the Royal Rumble and then doesn't win at WrestleMania, then it all just kind of feels like, why did you, like, why are we doing this at all? You know? I mean, but like, can you just imagine the stare down the first time that these guys stare at each other between Cody and Roman and Cody's just like Roman Reigns. And you're just like, Oh my God, it's actually happening. Like Bray and Roman has happened before multiple times, I think. And so, like, I just think that the specialty of this story and that they do it right. And then if you even mix in The Rock on top of it to where it's a multi-different thing, one night The Rock, next night Cody faces the winner, like, that is money. money. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I completely agree. And also, um, let's not forget that years ago, I remember Cody pinning Roman Reigns when uh, the the Rhodes brothers beat uh, the Shield for the tag titles. So, yes. I mean, if they ever want to, I mean, that's I'm sure that'll be brought up at some point. Obviously, Cody has completely been reinvented by now. I mean, that was pre Stardust. We're talking. Yep. So, like, yep. a lot has happened since that time he pinned Roman Reigns. But um, but it's something that I'll never, I'll never forget because that was such a that was such a moment seeing uh cody and because the shield did such a good job they had the titles for so long that to, to see the way that and it was also like the Rhodes family um like their careers like their contracts were on the line and dusty got involved in everything that was that was such a great story great match great moment um so yeah but yeah cody's i mean dude i really wish i could be there live for the, when cody wins the title like all you got to do is fly, Stephen. If I start driving right now, I might, <laughs> I might be there by, uh, by WrestleMania. Um, right. I just wish it wasn't on the other side of the country. Like, man, this was this was in Nashville. Because that was the whole thing, too, for, like, SummerSlam. Like, I would have been there if Cody was there. Because that's a, yeah. you know, a three-hour drive. But, like, um, then he didn't. Then he, we was hurt. And it's like, I'm not going to go. You know, so... I can't get to California to watch him win the title. Hey, let's get into 280 real quick because uh, Chris sent that super chat. So let's go over this real quick and we'll just kind of give our quick predictions. Uh, okay. Evening boys, despite uh, UFC 280 looking like a solid card this Saturday, I'm not really feeling a lot of buzz for it. Mm-hmm. All right, Chris, man, thank you for the super chat as always. Um, yeah, I, I don't, I just feel like it's been a long time since we've had a UFC pay-per-view. I can't even remember what the main event was the last pay-per-view. Um, so it just feels like it's been a really long time, but this is a freaking great card. This is a the last card. The last one was Diaz Ferguson with all those changes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And I think that the changes kind of made it feel weird too. Cause it, it, then it became like something that you've been waiting for that you saw. And then it just like randomly flipped, which was a, great idea don't get me wrong it just it just feels like it's been a long time and i don't feel like there's been a ton of apex fights either so it just because they've been doing the dana white stuff um the contender series stuff 
So I just, I don't know. It just feels like it's been a long break, but I feel like come Saturday, the buzz will be there because this is a really good card. Well, I think part of the reason why that break feels so long too, because I, I feel the same way, because when you think about it, we haven't seen a title fight in months because the last week yes. we didn't even have a title fight. Yeah, so. that's, that's, a, that's a great point. But then Usually this show... title fights, it gets... It gets divisions moving, you know what I mean? And then it's just kind of been like a lull right now because we haven't had one, so. And it, you know, we got two title fights this weekend. We got Olivera versus Makachev. We got Sterling yep. versus Dillashaw. And then also, Alexander Volkanovsky is being brought as the backup for Olivera Makachev, which I love. Um, and it sounds also, like he's probably going to get the next title shot regardless at the winner. Yep, yep. Which, which makes love. sense because he's going to – obviously put on some weight if he plans on fighting. So I, I think that's a good idea. Well, and at that point, like, especially if Oliveira retains, like he's knocked off all the other top contenders really. So it's like, why not Volkanovsky, who's pretty much in the same position where he's running out of opponents and running rematches and stuff. And it's like, just give him a shot at 155. I got no problem with it at all. Um, It's an interesting stylistic matchup. It's, it's very similar to Oliveira versus um versus like Chandler or Gaethje in a lot of ways um yeah. and hey here's the thing Makachev has a shot at winning this fight um I'm gonna go with Oliveira as my prediction uh, but that's yeah I, honestly outside of the only person I would consider to choose against him would be if Habib came back and even then I don't know because just have how, how good Oliveira has looked but um well I think to to this would also be like if Oliveira beats Makachev then it's gonna be like uh he probably would beat Khabib as well like, I'm not saying they're the exact same fighter, but they're pretty much the same style type fighter. And if that doesn't give him issues, then he probably would beat Khabib as well. I wonder if, like, Habib being in Makachev's corner, if he, like, witnessed, like, let's say Olivera just, like, murks Makachev or, like, taps him out, like, right in front of Habib. If Habib would be, like, that would get, give him the itch to, like, try to come back and, like, kind of avenge that and, like, prove that, like, that he's the man, you know? I wonder. Yeah. Yeah. But I think Makachev has a has he has a shot. He definitely is the right oh, guy to get sure. the title shot. Like it's that I have no uh, you know, and and I think there's a chance Makachev could put him on his back. His wrestling is yep. very, very strong. Um, but Oliveira is not the guy you want to be on top of on the ground. So I agree. I so here's my thing though, if Makachev can avoid submissions, um Yes, Oliveira has shown that he's tough and he doesn't quit and all that, but what if he's on the ground getting the crap beat out of him? Like, it's one thing to recover from a strike standing. It's another to just continuously get hit on the ground and can't get out. So that's that would be the way that if this fight ends, like with Makachev winning, I think it's been due to ground and pound and eventually just breaking him down. But otherwise, I think standing... Oliveira is better, and I think on the ground and certain I think submission wise, I think he's better. It's just about how good is Makachev at avoiding submissions and being able to enforce his will. I agree. So we're both going with Oliveira. It sounds like for the main event. Yeah, yeah. Um, co-main, we have Aljamain Sterling defending the bantamweight championship against TJ Dillashaw. Yeah. Um, I mean, this once again, this is another fight that like it makes sense that that this is the title match. Obviously, Dillashaw never lost the title when he um, vacated, but that was due to PEDs. 
Um, Aljamain coming off the win. He won against Corey Sanhagen, and he's coming right. off of a really bad injury. So yeah. I, I just think – I think if TJ had been more active, I would be leaning towards TJ. But because he's been so inactive, I think it's going to end up costing him in the long run. So I'm, I'm leaning toward Aljamain. But it wouldn't surprise me if TJ won, let's just say that. But I, I just think due to that inactivity, him getting older, like I don't know. I just I feel better that, that Aljamain is going to win. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually going to go with Dillashaw on this one. I've got a gut yeah. feeling about it. And Aljamain, like I listen, he beat Piotr Jan in the re- in the rematch fair and square. Yep. Um, he's a badass fighter. The way he murked Corey Sanhagen, you you gotta respect it. Um, but like, um, yeah, I just I just got a feeling about Dillashaw, and, and for him, like he this is probably his last shot at like something 100%. like this. So, yep. um, but he's always gonna be there's always gonna be the black guy in his career uh, with with the PED usage. Um, yep. We got speaking but of if Pierre he Yon, wins this one, that, that'll definitely help the legacy. Yeah, but I think a lot of people are gonna be like, you know, once a cheater, always a cheater. Like kind of yeah, sure. but 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 no, I'm with you. Like, I mean, he's getting tested out the yang for this. So right. Um, uh speaking of Pure Yon, we have Yon versus Sean O'Malley. For Love the sake it. of for the sake of my bank account, I haven't seen the odds on this, but I'm I'm gonna go with Sean because I, I just man, I, listen. I know Piotr Jan is a is a superior fighter. He is a way better striker, but the the reach and the hype and the belief in himself. If he if he can if he catches him somehow, he's not going to let him off the hook. Like if if, if Amali hurts him, he's not going to just like back off and try to be flashy. Like he will go for the kill. I think, and his length and his so. reach, his length and his reach, I think is going to be a problem. But. Yon is badass, man. If Yon wouldn't be, if Yon wasn't coming off this loss to Aljamain, I'd literally be laughing at this matchup and be like, "There's Yon's gonna murder him." But wow. I don't know. So O'Malley is only plus two thirty-five. That sh- he should be plus like four hundred. And Yon is minus two eighty. Yeah, I definitely wouldn't put money on. Well, I mean, listen, I think Yon should. I think this like the smart prediction would be to to choose Yon, but. I'll have some sort of parlay going allegedly with with O'Malley. I'd imagine. I think I think part of it too is just the star power of O'Malley, right? Like it's just because he's a big name that they're giving him more credit than maybe what it's deserved. For sure. For sure. So we'll see, but I think I think Jan's gonna win. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna go with O'Malley. I. If he pulls this off somehow, listen, I in, I know he had a real close call with uh, Andre Sukumtoth. I know he had the loss to Cheeto Vera, but yep. Cheeto is legit though. Like he might be the next yep. champion, you know? So, um, yep. and that's a very sellable fight. fight. Like if O'Malley beats Jan and because th- if, if O'Malley beats Jan, he'll get a title shot straight up, especially if he finishes him. Um, so if O'Malley somehow got that title, Cheeto's right there too, and that's a big rematch. I feel like. Um, but that said, I, I think Jan should win the fight. He has more ways of winning the fight. I just have once again just kind of a gut feeling about like the hype train and on the right night with you know the length and the reach and the 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 awkward different type of type of striking. I'm gonna go with Sugar Sean. Screw it. Um, yeah. After that, we have uh, Benil Dariush versus. 
uh, I'm not sure how to say his first name, but uh, Gamrot, Gamrot. Um, yeah. Daryush is an animal, though. So, I mean, yep. I'd probably pick Daryush over, like, really anyone in the division outside of maybe, like, the champion, really, right now. Yeah. No, I'm with you there. Steven, you there? Did we lose you? Steven. Well, I think we lost Steven, so no worries there. Um, pretty much covered everything we wanted to. Uh, it's going to be a good uh, pay-per-view on UFC. Thanks for uh, everybody tuning in. And, uh, yeah, we'll catch you guys next week. Um, follow us on our Twitters. And um, thanks for tuning in as always. And uh, we'll catch you guys next week on Wednesday like normal. And uh, have a good night.